More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Yes, America's Anchorman is uh, resting up today, resting up, uh, hopes to be back tomorrow for Open Line Friday. Uh, And in the absence of America's Anchorman, this is your undocumented Anchorman, Mark Stein. Thrilled and honored to be here. No supporting paperwork whatsoever. I'm a foreign exchange student at the Limbaugh Institute for Advanced Conservative Studies. I think I'm in my 15th year uh, of of study here at the Limbaugh Institute of Advanced Conservative Studies. So it's pretty much like taking a bachelor's uh, in uh, transgender studies anywhere in the United States. Uh, Great Pleasure to be with you today. We are a couple of days away from the beginning of the re-impeachment trial. Uh, first re-impeachment trial in American history. That's coming up next week. You know, every so often in the last week and a half, however long it... Oh, it's two weeks today, I think. I think it's two weeks since the uh, Biden administration took office. Uh, in the last two weeks, every so often, I'll switch on the radio switch on the TV, uh, pick up a newspaper, and I'll hear people talking about, oh, who do you like for uh, 2024? And they'll be talking to senators and governors and asking them uh, whether they're ready to indicate any interest for 2024, whether they're interested in perhaps uh, exploring the possibility of setting up an exploratory committee uh, for 2024. And these, so you hear this thing, uh, who do you like for 2024? Uh, I I don't like anybody for 2024. And in fact, I can tell you who I don't like for 2021. I don't like people who talk like this. I don't like people in 2021 who talk about who do you like in 2024. For a start, we have no idea what's going to be happening in uh, 2024. The Undoubtedly, Chairman Xi even now is working on COVID-23 and who knows how much more effective uh, that's going to be in uh, three or four years' time. So who knows how many of these would-be presidential candidates 
uh, are even going to be walking around in 2024. But beyond that, there's a bigger problem. Uh, and, and it bothers me when I see news covered in a normal way when we are not in a normal situation. For, and I'm setting aside, just to be clear here, because I know there are very touchy senior executive deputy assistant under vice presidents at some of the companies that own some of the radio stations you're listening to this show on. And they've said that if you start querying the election, uh, you're out of here, you're fired, they're going to pull the plug. And in 15 seconds time, uh, you listeners are going to have to put up with Celine Dion singing the theme from Titanic. Uh, because they don't want people talking about electoral fraud, but setting aside electoral fraud. We are in a post-political environment here. I, I looked on the, the, uh, the switch on the news a couple of days ago, and there's these senators, uh, various uh, moderate reach-across-the-aisle type senators, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, <clears throat> about 10 of them and they've all been they've all been taken over for a meeting in the oval office with uh, with Joe Biden and they're all sitting you can see that uh, Susan Collins is excited to be in the oval office because it appears that she's being taken seriously by the guy behind the desk Joe Biden and what none of these and it's reported on as if it's a perfectly normal news story and we're back in the 1980s and uh, president Reagan is having a beer with Tip O'Neill and it's nothing of the kind. We are in a post-political environment. Mr. Snardley uh, mentioned to me just before we came on air the Democrats' plan in the House to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her uh, uh, committee assignments. Carl Rove is on board uh, with this, by the way. Carl was on TV talking about how, you know, it's up to the electors in Georgia to send whoever they want to Congress but that doesn't uh, mean you get to sit on the prestigious, as I think, did he say prestigious, distinguished uh, education labor committee? Was that it? Education and labor, education labor. I don't know what that is. A teachers union committee. It's the committee for determining whether it'll be safe for the teachers unions to send their members back to school in the year 2027, whatever it is. They want to yank uh, this uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from her prestigious House committee assignments. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, nobody ever heard of her until a week and a half ago. She's now the most famous woman on the planet, apart from Oprah, the Queen, and Michelle Obama. She's got universal name recognition. A lot of people like her for 2024 because she's far more famous than uh, any of these other would be presidential candidates. Uh, And she's got, because she's alleged to have some uh, kooky views, some nutso views, some conspiracy theory views. Uh, So the Democrats want to remove her from the committee. This is one of these uh, parliamentary things where uh, the the, uh, Republican Party lost, but the losers uh, in a parliamentary system as a courtesy get to choose which of the loser party gets to choose which of its loser members get to fill their seats on the committees. It's just like a professional courtesy uh, in magnanimity victory, as uh, Churchill used to say. So the winners are the Democrats and the Republicans are the losers and the Republicans make such good losers. It's nice to let the losers pick which of their loser members they'd like to take the loser seats on the committees. So it's a small piffling parliamentary thing when the Democrats decide to expel 
uh, the designated loser of the loser party from the loser seats on the committee. And yet that is what the Democrats are planning to do over this Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, person. Because we're in a post-political moment. There is no politics anymore. What the Democrats are doing is the phase that comes after politics. Here's another story that demonstrates that from the Military Times. The Defense Secretary orders 60-day stand-down to confront extremism in the military. Uh, This is after the, quote, January 6th attack on the Capitol, unquote, which wasn't an attack on the Capitol, by the way. If you've ever seen attacks on uh, legislatures, you'll know that this wasn't one. Uh, so they, they're now having a 60-day stand-down to weed out extremists in the military. What do they mean by, by extremists in the military? Well, they're going to go through the social media accounts of service members. Uh, the military knows it has a problem with domestic extremists and white supremacists in their ranks. Uh, report uh, Megan Myers and Leo Shane the Third in the Military Times. So now we have a situation where the Defence Secretary uh, is ordering a 60-day stand-down in all the services, presumably including the Space Force that Jen Psaki thinks is a joke, to discover, to go through every service member uh, for his political affiliations, for his social media accounts, to find out how many domestic terrorists are in the U.S. military. And when they get all of them out there, we're going to have a much more slimmed-down, streamlined military, uh, and uh, that may be good news for military budgeting. This Again, this is not normal. This is the sort of thing investigating the political beliefs of uh, the men in your army is the sort of thing that Saddam used to do, Saddam Hussein, the late Saddam Hussein, before he picked out members of his Republican Guard, whose personal loyalty was to him. So this seems to be uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's attempt to do uh, something similar to that. Again, we're having serious proposals for domestic terrorism legislation. The New York Times is suggesting that there be an umbrella agency uh, to combat the disinformation that is out there. And by disinformation, what the New York Times means, anything that disagrees with the official version. So, for example, if you want to quote a Scandinavian study that suggests that masks don't do anything... Uh, It's not just that uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter will put a health warning on your little tweet or Facebook post about that, uh, or in some cases take it down, because you're contradicting the official version. It's not just that they, these uh, big tech don't want you contradicting the official version. The New York Times is saying, no, no, that's not enough. We actually need a government agency. And what uh, they're proposing is a so-called reality czar. They don't, they're not even aware uh, that they're just lifting directly from George Orwell now. So we're in a post-political age. In other words, Susan Collins isn't going to cut it. And he knows that. Biden, Biden's sitting there. He's having a nice uh, cup of tea. 
and some ginger cookies with Susan Collins and uh, Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski. And he's talking about, although it's so wonderful to reach across the aisle. And then he says, as soon as they've left the building, ah, screw it, we're just going to go ahead and do it on our own anyway. People, people thinking that this is just uh, the normal seesaw of politics. No, they're galloping ahead very fast. And they're putting, in, uh, they're, they're putting in place systems which will actually make it, if you, th- if you think this election was screwed, they're going to make it very difficult to fight honest elections again. Now, that doesn't matter whether you're talking about the uh, fair media coverage of your issues, whether you're talking about being given a fair shake uh, in the parliamentary uh, maneuverings. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about the uh, honest representation of events. They're very fast, these guys. The diff- there's a difference. Oh, but aside from being asked who I like for uh, 2024, the other thing I notice is switch on TV, switch on the radio. There's still people who are excited about the Durham report, even though this one guy uh, f- who was fingered by uh, Durham and uh, actually indicted and agreed to plea, uh, this guy who was the deputy assistant undersecretary of paperclips at the FBI, and he failed to put a paperclip on the motion he laid before the FISA court. That guy, the only guy uh, in, indicted and the only guy to be criminally convicted on their side, and he got a slap on the wrist and 27 hours of community service. If you're on the other side, uh, your life is like Michael Flynn. Your life is ruined. Your savings are drained. Your family members are threatened. Your life is over. You're done. And if you're on the McCabe, Comey, Brennan, Clapper side, uh, it's just like being in the mob. You find you find some minor guy right there at the back of the room, some young fella who's willing to take the rap, uh, and uh, and he gets 27 hours of community service. We are in a we are actually in a post political. There is nothing about the normal conduct of politics about this. This is nothing. This is nothing to do with saying, oh, well, this reminds me of uh, the time that uh, Richard Nixon said to. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with any of that. It's the the Democrats are erecting essentially a post political order here in which normal political politics becomes impossible. And they are serious about that. 1-800-282-2882 is the number to call. We have Mr. Snardley, the world's greatest call screener. Uh, He's going to screen your calls. And if you get past, it's no dishonor to fall uh, before Mr. Snardley and get crushed like a bug by him. Uh, when you first get through on the telephone. But if you get past him, we would love to have you on the show. 1-800-282-2882. Crash. So well named uh, when it comes to uh, nursing the guest host through the process. Crash is making sure that uh, everything works in our New York studios. And I'm here at Ice Station EIB, just a stone's throw from the Canadian border, because who doesn't like throwing stones at the Canadian border? There's nothing else to do as we approach the first anniversary of a lockdown world. Mark Stein on America's number one radio show. Lots more still to come. Mark Stein in for Rush on America's number one radio show. Hunter Biden. 
uh, is in April, two months' time, he's going to publish a memoir with Simon and Schuster. They're the publishers who cancelled uh, uh, cancelled Senator Hawley's book deal uh, because he's a domestic terrorist or whatever the rationale was. He, I believe he wanted to uh, uh, query the uh, auditing of the certification of the whatever. Uh, and so he's a domestic terrorist, so they didn't want to publish his book. But they are publishing Hunter Biden's memoir. It's called Beautiful Things. I don't know what the uh, the beautiful things uh, that are referred to in the title are. Presumably uh, nymphet hookers and really great crack. But uh, Hunter is publishing a book uh, called Beautiful Things in April. So he hasn't wasted any time. April the 6th. That's straight out of the gate. And he's already, because he, uh, he hasn't cashed in on his dad's name enough yet. There's always, you've got to have like a, a flood the zone approach to these things. Has he got, has he got a children's uh, book out? Is he, is he doing Hunter Biden, the musical yet? I can't wait. Hunter Biden's memoir, Beautiful Things, coming on April the 6th. I mentioned this thing, you know, the so-called terrorist attack. Uh you know, if it was a terrorist attack, do you remember? And I, I feel pretty insulted about this because I've lived in countries that had terrorist movements. And so I know what a uh, domestic terrorist movement is. Uh, I, I lived in uh, the United Kingdom when uh, during the so-called Northern Irish Troubles. Uh, I know what it's uh, like to have your tube station a, uh, your subway station blown up uh, and the little uh, news agent you used to pass who sold you the newspaper every other day killed. Uh, I, I know what it's like in Quebec. I mean, nobody took the uh, Forme du Libération de Quebec, the Quebec Liberation Front, uh, terribly seriously, but they kidnapped and killed the deputy premier of Quebec and left his body in a trunk at uh, the airport. I know something about domestic terrorism. And you do, too, because, as you know, when there was a terrorist attack on September 11th, 2001, the first thing you were told is that you had to go about normal life because otherwise the terrorists will have won. If you don't go shopping, the terrorists will have won. If you don't go to the multiplex, the terrorists will have won. That's what the Bush administration told you all the time. Um, it was uh, it it was accepted as the natural order of things that if you uh, if you suddenly uh, hunker down, change the way you do things, then you're handing the terrorists an enormous victory. And if you do that, the terrorists will have won. If you change the way of your way of life, the terrorists will have won. With this terrorist attack, uh, the terrorists have won because we're changing everything. We're now told that uh, walls that don't work on the southern border do work when they're around the United States Capitol to protect legislators from the people. Uh, we're told that we have to have a massive domestic terrorism bill to crack down on domestic terrorism. Uh, we're told that there are white supremacist groups all over the country, that we have to now weed them out. They might be in the army. They might be in the police. We have to go through it all. And So in 9-11 terms, where if you don't go about your normal routine, the terrorists have won. This time round, you have to change everything you do. You have to think very carefully 
about posting on uh, on Facebook that you think the election results in Georgia uh, are a bit iffy and not terrible, terribly reliable. This is uh, opportun- opportunism uh, by the ruling party to, in effect, criminalize opposition to the ruling party. That's what they're doing. Mark Stein in for Rush on the Excellence in Broadcasting Network. We hope to have Rush back in time for Open Line Friday tomorrow. He's resting up today and we wish him well. But, you know, there's lots of Rush out there in all manner of media. And uh, the best way to get access to them all is to go to RushLimbaugh.com. And become a Rush 24-7 subscriber. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Limbaugh letter while you're there. I love the Limbaugh letter. Long after the New York Times has gone out of business, uh, the Limbaugh letter will still be being read. Each month, Rush breaks down what is happening uh, around the world. As I always say, my favorite bit <laughs> where he just takes these little inconsequential, what I call spirit of the Spirit of the time stories, portents of tomorrow stories, these little inconsequent. They used to be on the foot of page 37 back when they had print newspapers. And Rush has uh, like uh, two or three pages, just terrific roundup of all these little stories that collectively tell you uh, of the nightmare we're heading into. You can go to RushLimbo.com and uh, click on the button and subscribe to the Limbaugh letter, and it's fantastic. It's like a Greek state pension. Uh, in Greece, they get 13 monthly payments every year if you're a, a Greek worker on a state pension, and that's just like the Limbaugh letter. If you take out a subscription for 12 issues, you get 13 issues, and you can order that today in print or digital form according to taste, at RushLimbaugh.com. The other thing you can do is, uh, for days like this, because it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a treatment day, he's not being zapped by his doctors or anything like that. Rush is uh, just uh, resting up today, and he loves to get your messages. And if you look at uh, the homepage at RushLimbaugh.com, just above the banner saying the Rush Limbaugh Show, you will see a button called Share Your Stories, and you can send a special message to Rush. You can tell him when you first heard the show. Pretty much everybody remembers when they discovered Rush. I, I do, uh, certainly, and that's a long time ago now. I, I would have to say it... I, in fact, I can identify it uh, pretty precisely. It was the, uh, the, the um, uh, fall of 1990. And um, that's... It was a great moment, and I never looked back. And uh, if you wanna, if you wanna uh, uh, send a special greeting to Rush, you can do that by going to share your stories, which is at rushlimbaugh.com. dot uh, com. Mark Stein in for Rush, as I said, we're in a post. I think we're in a post political era, and I will say, I will say this. You know, I tune in, and I'm everyone's excited. Oh yeah, this. Uh, this guy, you know, the Durham report's coming and he's really cracking down. And, oh, this guy, I can't even remember his name. And I could go and look it up, but it doesn't matter because he isn't anybody. He's the designated fall guy. Uh, all the people who should be going to jail, the McCabe's and Comey's and Brennan's and Clappers, 
They all had a big dinner at some, uh, maybe at that French laundry fancy restaurant with its $325 appetizers uh, that Gavin Newsom likes to go to in California. They all had a, so they all have a big slap-up dinner there uh, with the $325 appetizers and the $2,000 bottles of wine. And they're saying, who are we gonna, who are we gonna like uh, toss as a bit of red meat to all those rubes still waiting for the Durham report? And they find this guy who's the uh, deputy under assistant uh, secretary of paper clips, and he agrees to do 27 hours of community service. Uh, and we get all excited about that because finally, finally, there's a reckoning for the interference uh, and the attempt to steal the 2016 election, which is how many years ago now? Meanwhile, the Democrats have moved on to stealing the 2024 election because they're always looking ahead. And we'll still be waiting for the Durham report uh, the day after the Democrats have stolen the 2024 election. Because they're a forward-looking party. They're a forward-looking party. And I would just... and I, uh, That's the thing to bear in mind about, uh, about the re-impeachment trial next week, which is obviously a constitutional nonsense and a travesty of a Farrago and all the rest of it. But the point, the point is, I think a lot of people on the right are missing the point about this. The... Uh, the left are saying, oh, uh, tr- Trump, uh, Maxine Waters has been saying that Trump should um, be charged with premeditated homicide, which is certainly a high crime or misdemeanor, uh, a, a premeditated homicide for his role in what happened at the Capitol. Uh, so she, they're still taking it seriously that this guy has got to be, uh, has got to be called, they're, they're, they're pretending to take it seriously. Meanwhile, the right is saying there are not well we're, we're process oriented as usual. So there's oh there aren't enough votes. They need to get seventeen Republicans uh to vote to convict Trump. So this they're never gonna get seventeen. They might get Mitt, they might get Susie Collins, they might get a couple of others, but they're never gonna get to seventeen Republicans willing to convict. So this whole thing is a complete waste of time. It's a distraction from the important business of whatever the Senate would be doing if it wasn't holding some joke of a trial, complete joke of a trial, uh, where one of the jurors, Pat Leahy, gets to serve as the judge of the trial. I mean, you know. Uh, But they're missing the point. The Democrats are moving on. They're always... Don't underestimate the the Democrats because they're far-sighted and they're focused and they're looking into the future. Whereas we're doing all this rearview mirror stuff with this guy who's getting twenty-seven hours of community service for uh, trying to steal the twenty sixteen election. Uh, they're doing all this. Uh, we're doing all this rearview mirror stuff. They're looking at the distant horizon and they figure that Trump is toast. They don't really care about, oh, if we convict him, uh, it'll ensure that he can't run again in 2024. Because they think, the Democrats think, that in 2024, uh, Trump will either be living in exile abroad, fighting extradition, or he'll be in jail. That's how they think. They're not planning on any Trump candidacy, candidacy in 2024, because they think... 
that all the various Lilliputians have ensnared him like Gulliver with uh, things like these uh, uh, suits against him from the uh, from the U.S. attorney in New York and with the impeachment and with uh, the Scottish government saying they don't want him coming to live at his Scottish property and with the Mar-a-Lago people saying he shouldn't be allowed to live at his resort full-time. He's ensnared by a thousand Lilliputians and he's Gulliver on his back and every time he turns to loosen one strand, uh, there's some other Lilliputian uh, tying another little strand uh, to his uh, to his finger on the other side. So they're not thinking about Trump. They're thinking they've moved on to the next Trump. The reason they're doing this is to is to teach anybody from outside the narrow permitted boundaries of politics that this is what you have. Let's suppose that there is somebody from outside politics who fancies getting into uh, electoral politics in this country. Uh, and you switch on the t- you're thinking, gee, none of these politicians I keep giving money to actually seem to do anything, so maybe I'd like to try my hand at it. And then you switch on the TV, and there's this guy who used to be on, used to have his own TV show, used to be squaring supermodels to Broadway openings, used to have a great life, used to get invited to uh, Chelsea Clinton's wedding, and he used to be a man about town, a bon vivant. And now he's ensnared by a thousand uh, predators on all sides trying to, uh, trying to finish him off. Uh, would you really want to be uh, Trump point two? Would you really want to be the next Trump? They're doing this. Uh, to, to, and that's why they're doing this. Uh, oh, Ted Cruz, the AOC, Ted Cruz, Ted, Ted Cruz tried to murder me on January the 6th. Josh Hawley should be kicked out of... um, Marjorie Taylor Greene should just be kicked off her committees. But Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz should actually be expelled from the Senate. They're doing that to say, look, do you really want to go into uh, politics on the Republican conservative side? Just leave it to us. You go into some other field. You become an accountant or a realtor. You really don't want to get mixed up in this game because it means the complete destruction of everything you hold dear. So this re-impeachment trial is, as much as anything else, they'd like to get Trump, they'd like to get Trump, but they're focused, the Democrats. And they also want to make sure there's no second Trump, third Trump, fourth Trump, and that anyone out there thinking about entering this dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt game thinks, whoa, no way I'm going to... Get mixed up in that. Mark Stein Inferush, this is America's number one radio show, and we will go to your calls straight ahead. Mark Stein Inferush on the Excellence in Broadcasting Network. You know, say what you like about Chairman Xi and uh, the Chinese Politburo, but they, uh, they, have their, uh, they have their moments. China's education ministry is concerned that Chinese men have become too feminine. So they're introducing a, a, a program to make Chinese boys more manly. It's called 
Uh, it's a school program. It's uh, going to be mandatory, like pretty much everything in China. It's called the Proposal to Prevent the Feminization of Male Adolescents. The Proposal to Prevent the Feminization of Male Adolescents. Now, I know some of you are just out there are fainting. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is China. No chance of that happening in America. It sounds like something rush. It almost the language. If they change feminization to chickification, the proposal to prevent the chickification, it could have come straight out of Russia's mouth. But don't worry about it. This is just the Chinese education ministry. No chance of that happening with Joe Biden's education ministry. Let's go to Jeff in Colorado Springs. It's terrific to have you, Jeff. You're first up on America's number one radio show. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Mark, for taking my call. Hey, uh, this morning when you were, uh, during your monologue, you were talking about this 60-day military stand-down to root out domestic terrorism. kind of took me back to the 2009 Fort Hood shooting where 13 people were killed. And and I just don't remember that 60-day stand-down to to root out, I don't know whether that was domestic terrorism or international terrorism. No, I think it was workplace workplace violence, if I remember. Right. But I'm, I'm hoping that has been rooted out of the military. Uh, but I guess I'm wondering about that. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, so you make a very interesting point, Jeff, because the United States Army actually declined to charge uh, Major Hassan with terrorism. They, uh, even though he was actually in contact with people like Anwar Alaki, the big guy who was uh, out in the Middle East uh, and was the inspiration for several of the, when he was in the United States, he was the inspiration, the mentor of several of the 9-11 guys. Uh, and then he went overseas and, uh, and this guy, Major Hassan, was in regular email contact with him. And the U.S. Army just thought that was, quote, consistent with his research interests, unquote. So they wouldn't charge him with terrorism. They were very keen to say that this was he's the only terrorist who's actually given a PowerPoint presentation to the bosses of his victims before he carried out the attack. He gave a PowerPoint presentation, basically, saying about why it was justified uh, for uh, uh, believers to kill Americans. And he gave it to a room full of army brass, and all of them thought, well, privately thought, well, this guy seems a little bit uh, excitable on some of these issues, but they didn't want to take it any further because they knew they'd be consigned to sensitivity training hell for the next eight weeks. So he gave a PowerPoint presentation uh, on what he wanted to do, and then he uh, went out to Fort Hood and he did it. And uh, the not only did the U.S. Army not charge him with terrorism, but the secretary of the army, a complete boob and uh, and very representative of the low quality of many of the general staff, uh, actually said that as tragic as Fort Hood was, an even greater tragedy would be if we reacted to this by losing our diversity. So they didn't do anything. That was just Major Hassan. Uh, no further lessons for anything else. And as you pointed out, this time round, suddenly we have to root out terrorism. In the, When there's an actual terrorist attack, when he kills, I think you said 13 people, it's 13 people and an unborn baby, I think, actually, Jeff, and we shouldn't forget that poor kid who never got a life 
because Major Hassan climbed on the table and started firing on his comrades. And, uh, and that was not typical of anything, no reason to look at the army for whether there might be more of this going on. Everyone, even though he'd never been in, contact, in com- combat, uh, everybody said he had PTSD, uh, which is post-traumatic You know, in other words, that's supposed to be after you've been in combat. He'd never been into combat, but he had pre-post-traumatic stress disorder, according to the idiots uh, seeking to explain it. So the complete opposite there. Suddenly, this one little thing at the Capitol is an excuse to root out, go through every branch of the U.S. military, even the Space Force guys. There's only seven people or whoever, however, working in the Space Force. We've got to go through everything and find out and root out and find out where, what the political beliefs of everybody is. Meanwhile, if you're communicating with Anwar Lackey like Major Hassan, that's just consistent with your research interests, uh, Jeff. Thank you very much for that call, uh, Jeff. That is a very good point. When we have actual terrorism... Uh, the U.S. Army massages it as workplace violence. Workplace violence. Could happen to any work buddy. He was just depressed. He went to the singles bar and he couldn't get a tumble. Uh, but when it's, uh, when it's something like January the 6th, we have to go root and branch through the United States military to go through every service member's Facebook and Twitter posts. This, this is a racket. This, they are basically creating, they, they are inventing a domestic terrorism movement that does not exist. It's breathtaking in its audacity. Mark Stein for Rush, lots more still to come. Mark Stein in for Rush on America's number one radio show. Todd Herman was here yesterday. Uh, Rush is uh, resting up and we hope to have him with us. For Open Line Friday, it should be a wild Open Line Friday. Uh, That would be tomorrow because uh, when Rush comes back, he's usually itching and frustrated at having had a day off. So it's actually super strength, Rush, and you need to stand well back from the receiving apparatus. In the meantime, we will try and hold the fort for him. 1-800-282-2882 is the number to call. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, America's Anchorman is away, and this is your EIB Anchor Baby. Thrilled and honored to be here. No supporting paperwork whatsoever. We are live at Ice Station EIB with the technical maestro crash supervising from New York and Mr. Snurdly in the free state of Florida screening your calls today. Florida and Sweden and I think Belarus are basically the only three non-locked-down jurisdictions uh, on the planet. Oh, South Dakota. South, I forget that. I, so it's like uh, Florida, Sweden, Belarus, and South Dakota. Everywhere else, to one degree or another, you are locked down and loving it as we prepare to enter the uh, the second year of this. Uh, I'm here at Ice Station EIB, just a stone's throw from the Canadian border. I used to be able to say... Uh, if uh, you're fleeing the country, do swing by and say hello. We got a big uh, sign on the interstate saying last rush guest host before the border, so you can't miss it. But I can't do that joke now because the U.S.-Canadian border has been closed for almost a year and there are no plans ever uh, to reopen it. It's it's indefinite now. I used to I used to be able to drive half an hour north and have lunch in the lovely province of Quebec and if I were to try to do that now, <laughs> you have to quarantine in a government facility for three days. They don't accept any test conducted by the United States or any other country. So they zap you at the airport to check whether you got the COVID. I don't know whether they're doing the uh, the old anal swab there, assume the position as, as Rush. I always like... One of the things I love hearing said in Rush's voice is assume the position. So when he was talking about the new miracle Chinese anal swab, uh, I was disappointed he didn't say assume the position. But you have to assume the position uh, if you cross the Quebec border. They zap you, they test you, and then you have to be held in a government isolation facility for three days until they come back and tell you, You've tested negative, and then they charge you $2,000 for your room and board and the cost of the test. So if you are in, say, upstate New York, if you're in Western, if you're in Buffalo and uh, thinking, I'd like to go for lunch at Niagara-on-the-Lake, well, you can try it, but it's going to be a long lunch, and it'll cost you uh, the 2000 bucks for the room and board, and then, you know, whatever it is, 27 bucks for lunch at Niagara-on-the-Lake. Freedom of movement has died. Um, and everything now, we're being told that, in fact, you know, the COVID isn't the real crisis. The real crisis is climate change. But everything that has happened with the COVID, uh, you can apply to the climate, and, it, uh, and they're looking forward to instituting that. 
They have this John Kerry clip, as you know, from last year when he got an award in Iceland. And he, he, you know, the old showbiz joke um, about the uh, about the guy who likes to be seen at every opening around town is that the guy would go to the opening of an envelope. John Kerry is so desperate, he actually fired up his private plane to get this award in Iceland. And the president of Iceland criticized him for taking a private plane to an award ceremony, even though all the big award ceremonies, the guys flying in are coming in on private plane. And he said he has no choice. Oh, he he simply sympathizes with you. Yes, you. You have to give your car up and uh, you have to take the trolley car. Uh, yes, you you have to stand out on a day when it's uh, snowing heavily. You have to stand there and wait 20 minutes for the delayed bus to come and get on the bus. And he'd love to be there with you because you shouldn't have a car. And he'd love to be there with you. But unfortunately, that's just not possible for someone in his position. Uh, so he has no choice but to take a private plane. He couldn't possibly fly commercial uh, because he's uh, he's simply too prominent a person. Uh, even though nobody outside this country knows who the hell John Kerry... Nobody in Iceland. If you're an Icelander flying on Icelandic airways into uh, into Iceland to pick up an award, uh, you're going home from your vacation and you happen to see this guy, this a tall, horse-faced Easter Island statue in the seat next to you. You have no idea. You, you're not saying, oh, wow, are you John Kerry? Uh, didn't, didn't you used to be uh, a, a, a junior senator from uh, Massachusetts a couple of decades ago? Oh, wow, I'm so excited. Could I have your uh, autograph? Oh, tell me, who do you like for uh, the uh, 2022 mid No Icelander is doing that. Nobody outside. He can fly around the world. Nobody knows who the hell he is. And if they do, they think he is an Easter Island statue. And the Easter Island statue is just uh, flying off for a vacation in Greece or whatever. And uh, so there's no reason why he can't fly. This whole thing... Tony Abbott, uh, the Australian Prime Minister... uh, I was on the air, actually, at this microphone when this story came up. He flew... uh, He was Prime Minister of Australia. And he flew coach class from Sydney... I think it was to uh, to the, somewhere in the French Alps. So he probably flew to Geneva or uh, he caught a connecting flight and went to Grenoble or wherever it was. Um, but that's a long flight from Australia. And he flew in coach. He was in row 50. He wasn't riding up front uh, with the uh, with the business class guys. He was he was coach in one of those middle seats where there's a row of five. And he's sitting there, and the only reason anyone knows about it is because some guy next to him said, "Ah, oh, I flew from uh, Sydney to France for my ski vacation, and I was in the back of the plane next to sitting next to the prime minister, and he was just chin wagging all night, and I never got a, I never got ten minutes sleep." That's the only reason anyone knew about it. Perfectly normal for prime ministers to fly coach. Perfectly normal for Prince William uh, to fly coach. Uh, he flew, he was scheduled when he flew back from Los Angeles on British Airways. Uh, he and his lovely Duchess went to the counter and British Airways very kindly up, uh, upgraded him from business class to first class because he had sufficient frequent flyer points. 
Uh, so everybody can fly commercial except this super elite, John Kerry. Uh, can't it, it would be absurd to expect John Kerry to go to an to go to a a public airport and stand at the uh, premium prestige mega platinum super hyper frequent flyer line and be zapped through in nothing flat uh, to stand there. He might risk encountering some schlub flying coach. It would be absurd. And this is, this is the uh, great, this, this, this actually is, it's, it's a cheap joke to mock this guy because he's, he's almost like a parody of the globalist elite. And it's fun to just pelt him with rotten fruit. But it actually is the world we're building. It's all wrong, this world. This country was set up, right? Um, I shouldn't be, uh, be explaining your own history to you, but um, here doing it, uh, because you didn't want George III. Uh, OK, you thought we're, we're going to be a republic of citizen representatives. We elect one of our own. That's the government is going to be formed. There's not going to be a king issuing royal proclamations or uh, executive orders, as we now call them. We're not going to have anything like that. What we're going to have instead is we're going to have citizen representatives, people who are just like us, who go to Washington for a couple of years and then, like Cincinnatus, return to their farm, or in the case of uh, John Kerry, return to their beach house and then the uh, do some windsurfing in buttock-hugging uh, multicolored lycra. And uh, that's the way the republic is supposed to be. But we have degenerated now into, and it's exactly why they don't want any more Trumps, we've degenerated into a permanent political class, Nannygate. Do you remember Nannygate? It was all uh, right back when this show started. Uh, and the baby of which, as you remember, because Rush talked about it at the time, as some of you have been listening all the way through this last third of a century will know. Nanny Gate was how the first female nominee for attorney general, uh, her nomination went kaput because it turned out she'd hired an undocumented nanny to look after her kid. That kid is now Biden's. He grew up. He wasn't. He wasn't uh, damaged by being targeted in the whole nanny gate thing. In fact, the baby raised by the devoted, undocumented nanny is now the big China policy advisor in the Biden administration because we have a permanent hereditary ruling class. We don't call them marquises and dukes because that's forbidden in the Constitution. So they're not running around with fancy titles of nobility because if they were, it would be easier to spot them. But that's basically John Ke John Kerry, of course, whose stepson was the business partner of Hunter Biden. It would make your head explode. It's like medieval uh, dynasties of uh, grand duchies in Europe uh, centuries ago. They're all marrying each other and they don't want someone from outside that high caste system, like Donald Trump, just some guy from Queens. They don't want a guy like that busting in. Uh, and that's, that's basically their principal objection to him. So this whole thing is there's rulers and the ruled. And as John Kerry says, he can't, he'd love 
He'd love to take the slow boat to Iceland with the rest of you guys, the ferry in the churning seas of the North Atlantic. Boy, he'd love to do that. But he does, unfortunately, he's got to fly around the world saving the planet. They all have to, oddly enough. Um, again, uh, the, uh, the Prince of Wales, the Prince of Wales, uh, he said that we had to do something to rid the world of this terrible consumerism. Uh, don't worry, he said this was before the COVID, because the COVID's done a pretty good job. The lockdown's done a pretty good job of ridding the world of this terrible consumerism uh, for good. Um, so he says we have to work in order to save the planet. We have to rid the world of this terrible consumerism in a speech. And then at the end of his speech, he got into his limousine and was driven to his other palace. And it's harder to spot in a republic. But we now have Nancy Pelosi, a speaker of the House, is flown home every weekend in a government plane. Why can't Nancy Pelosi? As I said, everyone else takes the plane. You can see the Queen of Denmark on a plane. Uh, you can uh, see uh, lovely Prince, uh, Prince William and his beautiful bride on a plane. You can see prime ministers on planes. You can certainly see speakers, which isn't even a thing in most political systems, on a plane. But this idea that we have what we had, the beauty of what happened... Um, five years ago, four or five years ago, was that all the conventions of American politics, the stupid ads, the stupid consultants, the consultant industrial complex saying you have to spend, like Jeb Bush, $100 million to get 2.4% in Iowa, some guy came in and said, I know nothing about it, and just walked his way to the nomination in defiance of all the experts. And that's their business model. So all these people, you know, the never Trumpers are the consultant industrial complex. The guys, he said, ah, you don't need the consultant industrial complex. You can just walk out, say whatever's on your mind, and uh, people will vote for you. And they couldn't allow that to become a thing. Keeping it in this tight little world. We're going to die. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm cutting to the chase here. But uh, we're going to slide off the cliff if it's kept in this tight little world of 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 uh, groups of you know a permanent ruling ruling class who all marry each other uh, and uh, rotate in and out of government every few oh I'll go and uh, be an uh, an advisor to the Biden administration for a couple of years then I'll go to Goldman Sachs for a couple of years make a big bunch of money then I'll come back that's going to actually have a sliding off the cliff and a huge almighty crash. And the object of next week's re-impeachment trial is to teach the world. It's not to punish Trump. He's, he's punished, and they figure they've driven a stake into, into the Count Trumpula. Uh, they figure he's gone. They've driven the stake into him. But they don't want any more Trumps. And that's the purpose of next week's trial. Uh, Mark Stein in for Rush. Your call straight ahead. Mark Stein in for Rush. At the Golden EIB microphone, let us go to Tommy in Clarksville, Indiana. Tommy, what's on your mind? Hey, Tommy. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I want to ask you something. Uh, if Biden's going to sign this $1.9 trillion, what happened to the $9 billion that, or $900 billion that ain't been spent yet to 
AOC, if she was in her office, that puts her two blocks from the so-called insurrection. And three, if the United States loses its freedom, America, listen to what I'm saying. If the United States loses its freedom, the world loses its freedom. Yeah, that, that's that's true. And, and I've had this uh, conversation on that last point, Tommy. Uh, this is the last slo- uh, last stop because if um, you know if America slides off the cliff, uh, the rest of the free world goes with it. There is when pe- people occasionally call in and say, "Where do you think I should? Uh, where do you think I should flee to?" And there are places uh, that uh, take a, a livelier attitude to call liberties than much of the American political class does at the moment in Eastern Europe and uh, places like that. And there are places that are far away, but basically. Uh, if if we don't reclaim global leadership from China, uh, it's over uh, for the planet. It's not going to be pleasant for children and grandchildren and all the rest of it. So that's a very important point, Tommy, and I'm glad you made it. And on the on the stimulus, so called. I mean, you know, stim- stimuli aren't stimuli when the Democrats put them together. They're basically payoffs to the to the lobby groups. This one point nine trillion dollar for start, just to back it up, if it's if it's one of these multi thousand page bills that no legislator has led has has read because they're too busy going on TV and uh, talking about uh, the the importance of getting the legislation through without reading it. But you can't actually physically read these multi thousand page bills anyway. So, and they're not even written by staffers anymore. And the old bad old rap on them was that they were written by staffers. They're now just written by lobbyists. And then when every lobbyist got a piece of what he wants, it's all stitched together. None of these things, you know, if we were serious about this, we would have passed targeted uh, assistance back when uh, lockdown started to the people who need it, because there's lots of people who don't need it, like public schools. Like public schools in there. Oh no, we we know you've given us so much to put in entirely new ventilation systems, but we still don't feel safe. So we're going to need another one point thirty seven bazillion before we'll even consider going back to school. It's all a racket, and it does something, does nothing. You know, it, the, uh, there's an argument for small government, and there's an argument for a nanny state. There's no actual argument for a nanny state that's. Uh, too incapable of nannying that just basically throws out bazillions to its cronies and doesn't actually do anything for the people who need the money. And we're, to- we're expected to believe that Joe Biden wants something more targeted. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, you don't. You want payoffs to cronies of the ruling party. And that's why some of it hasn't even gone out yet. The checks haven't even been sent. Mark Stein with you on the EIB network. Rush, Rush, hopefully back, uh, back to what you know. Years ago, I went to a recording session uh, for for Muzak. You know these guys who plays play the uh, mellow saxophone stuff you hear in uh, elevators and restaurants and things. And it was it was actually quite interesting to watch because they were basically playing you know instrumental versions of the big whatever the big pop hits were back then. Wind. Wind Beneath My Wings or Somewhere Out There, that kind of stuff. So they're playing Wind Beneath My Wings and uh, the alto sax guy gets a bit too into it and he gets excessively lively. And then they they go, cut, cut, break, break, stop, and they have to go back 
and actually make it duller and more boring and blander and more insipid. And eventually they reach the point of perfect bland insipidity, insipidity where, where it's just right for the effete uh, foreign guest host. Uh, so uh, lovely to be with you. And we do hope to have... Yes, Mr. Snurdley? Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Snurdley is trying to find out whether signing up for the Mark Stein cruise involves listening to me sing The Wind Beneath My Wings. We do have musical ed- no no we do- we do have musical entertainment uh, at uh, various points of the cruise, but it is actually by professional singing, and actually sometimes it's by uh, Michelle Bachman, who always comes on the cruise, and and Michelle actually always uh, gives it a go with some of the seventies rock hits, and she's great fun on that. It's uh, this October the Mark Stein cruise. You can go to MarkSteinCruise dot com. I generally only uh, I sang a song for Joe Biden on the last cruise called The Hansy Man. Uh, and uh, I may uh, be prevailed upon to do that if he's still president uh, by the time we sail in October. Although I'm reasonably confident that Kamala will be installed uh, by by them. You can go to MarkSteinCruise.com. <laughs> no, we don't sell any CDs. Have you have you tried moving around the the uh, the world in the last year, Mister Snell? If you take a big box of CDs to an airport and say, "I'd like to ship these to Paris," uh, they say, "No, no, Paris, uh, Paris has just installed things saying that CDs are, you know, too, there's traces of COVID on the CD, so we're going to have to destroy them all." Nobody buys CD. They got these things called downloads now. You know, the download is per- it's safe to download as long as you wear three masks, Mister Snurdly, and then you won't and then you won't be contaminated. But nobody buys CDs. You sound like a, a Squaresville guy putting your putting your putting your CD on the gramophone. Who does that? The kids all think the kids all think this is not so not so talk. No, I I have CDs. <clears throat> yeah, I know people over fifty still use CDs. They're very useful, actually. I've got a lot of unsold copies of my Christmas album, and I use them to uh, insulate my attic. They they did the job a treat, so they are useful for things. But um, <laughs> no, you, uh, I tell you what, Mr. Snurdley is trying to get me to plug my uh, cruise. I never really. He's always trying to turn me into just some huckster, saying if you you know go to MarkSideCruise.com and sign up for you can sign up for premium mega platinum i never like to do but i will say one thing i've been talking about the re-impeachment trial and in fact um uh, i'm i'm going to be on the telly for impeachment week i'm going to be on fox news live at 7 p.m eastern that's just when pat Leahy and co have wrapped up uh, the trial each day uh, every night next week monday to friday and i'm going to be uh, looking at the re-impeachment, hopefully, and it'll be at the end of the day. So you've had all the expert legal analysis from your law professors and all that kind of crowd. Um, and so we're going to be trying to take a different look at the day's events. That will be on uh, Fox News, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Monday to Friday next week. And I know a lot of people have got steamed at Fox News. They've actually... The guy uh, who made the it was the head of the department that made the call for Arizona that people got mad 
about uh, has actually been laid off. So he's unemployed right now. I didn't realize he was the kind of guy who, who could be laid off, but he, he has been laid off. And so he's not even there now. So if uh, so, uh, people say, oh, I, you know, they've sold out and all the rest of it. Rupert Murdoch, he has basically been at his home in I think it's Oxfordshire for the last year in rural England. Uh, because of the COVID, and he was waiting for the vaccine, and he got his two shots of the vaccine, and then he jumped on the plane and uh, flew back to New York to take charge of what was happening at Fox, supposedly. But uh, I'm not privy to any of the uh, internal politics, the palace politics, but I will be there on the TV uh, live every night next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time. What's that, Mr. Snadley? One, One more question. Okay, give it your best shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the Neptune suite. He's still hooked on the cruise. We can probably get you in there, Mr. Snurdly. Uh, you're always like you're teasing about whether you're going to come on it. But the Neptune suites are actually lovely. That's that's like uh, that's that's like cruise travel used to be. Uh, in the good old days when you'd be taking the Queen Mary. Uh, it's the closest you'll. Yeah, or the Titanic. Uh, it's the closest you'll get to living the John Kerry lifestyle because uh, it's almost as good as being on John Kerry's yacht, but without John Kerry there to annoy you. Uh, so that's uh, that's at MarksteinCruise.com. Uh, break, actually, while we're breaking uh, news and while we're talking about the impeachment trial, Democrats are demanding that Donald J. Trump testify under oath at his Senate impeachment trial next week about his role in the MAGA riot. Uh, so I don't, I'm not, because this is basically impeachment is like all these much vaunted checks and balances. It turns out just to be a make it up as you go along racket. So I, it's not clear if you're in a, uh, a, a criminal trial, you have the right not to, uh, testify uh, under oath. You're you're not uh, you're not obliged to take the witness stand. But Democrats' lead impeachment manager Jamie Raskin uh, has sent a letter to Donald J. Trump to provide testimony under oath, either before or during the Senate impeachment trial, concerning your conduct on January the sixth, twenty. You know, he's actually got nothing to lose here because the penalty for being convicted of impeachment is that you're removed from your job and he's already been removed from the job. So he might as well do it. I say do it. You know, lawyers, and and I'll go back to the point I was making about this re-impeachment in the last hour, that people just, the, the republic, the political types are just saying, oh, well, you know, uh, they haven't got the votes to uh, convict him, so this whole thing is a waste of time. They'd have, they, yeah, there's Susan Collins, and yes, there's Mitt, but they're not going to get 17 of those guys uh, to vote to convict. So it's all a waste of time. And then you have the legal argument. Supposedly, the reason the uh, legal team quit is because they wanted to make a narrow constitutional argument as to why you can't as to why you can't uh, convict a guy who is no longer in office because he's a private citizen 
and so the United States Senate does not enjoy jurisdiction over him. So he'd get off on a technicality like Snoop Dogg or whatever it was all those uh, years ago. And uh, that's really, that's a lawyer's argument, but I wonder really whether it's good enough for Trump. I mean, if I was in his situation, looking at what's happened, I would actually say, well, why do I need to listen to lawyers? They can't put me in jail. So why, what's the downside to just saying, uh, okay, I'll do my own defense? And then that's everything. For someone like Pat Leahy, who is a great slow, slumbering nothing of a guy, that would actually pose a few challenges if uh, Donald J. Trump were his own defense counsel. I mean, why not? It's a circus. It's a joke. It's a travesty. Why not run with that and make it a total circus? Why not, why not make it like the ultimate episode of The Apprentice? You're basically, Trump is going to be his own apprentice attorney. Why not do that? Uh, Mark Stein uh, in for Rush. Uh, That's all next week. Uh, Monday is the day when he's supposed to file his legal brief, his legal response, assuming that they, uh, whoever is his legal team uh, this week, hasn't quit by then. Uh, And uh, as I said, I'm going to be there on telly every day, 7 p.m., Monday to Friday, uh, hopefully finding something different to say about this thing. It is a joke. It is a travesty. um, But there is. But the lesson they're trying to teach is not for Trump. uh, It's for you. It's to say, don't even think of Trump 2.0. Don't even think uh, unless you're part of our little cozy club. The club that gets to do all its machinations, the club that can sleep. If you're in the club, you can sleep with uh, with uh, Chinese spies like Eric Shagwell uh, sleeping with Fang Fang, being penetrated by Fang Fang, compromised by Fang Fang. That doesn't matter. Eric Shagwell, this is the first impeachment trial in American history in which someone who's been penetrated by a Chinese spy, this Fang Fang, is one of the impeachment managers. That doesn't matter because he's in the club, so he's protected. But if you're not in the club like Trump, uh, we're doing this to show you don't get to play in this. You can be uh, an accountant, you can be a realtor, you can be a feed store clerk, but you don't mess with our club by uh, trying to become president or anything important. Mark Stein for us, your call's just ahead. Uh, I see that in Maricopa County, in uh, in Arizona, the entire caucus of Republicans in the Arizona State Senate, all 16 Republicans have sponsored a resolution to hold the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, all five members in contempt for not complying with subpoenas pertaining to equipment, ballots and more uh, related to the 2020 election. So in other words, these vice presidents uh, who own some of these radio stations can say you're not allowed to mention any of the election shenanigans and uh, they can stand by the Arizona call and all the rest of it. But this is actually news because in theory they could be subject, well, at least if they were in New Hampshire, they could be subject to a capias, an arrest for failing to comply with the subpoena. I assume it's the same in Maricopa County, Arizona. But let's go to Diane uh, from uh, Peoria, 
uh, Arizona. I think Peoria is in Maricopa County, isn't it, Diane? You got it, Mark Stein. <laughs> Mega dittos and prayers to rush from myself, my son Michael, and my dear friend Brenda. Hey, Thank I you. Have a curiosity question: When will senators in the Democratic Party stand up and put have some huevos, as we say in Spanish? And leave the Democratic Party, join the Republicans, and save this country. We are hurting out here. And no way should Donald Trump speak to these wackos. They will break him to the point where they're going to strip him of everything he owns, and they're going to take a piece of it for themselves. Don't even think that they don't want to do that. They hate this man so much, they will not see past their own own noses to see the joy that he brought to so many people in this country. It's horrible. I was on stage here in Arizona behind Donald Trump with my son, my husband, and my dear friend. And it is frightening to see what he has done. I've never been to a rally like that before in my life. It was joyous. No. And I want to thank him from the bottom of my heart for what he did for us. And I pray for him and his family every day. And as a cancer survivor, I pray for Rush to every single day. It's a tough battle. Thank you for that, Diane. Yes, you're right. You know, their ambition knows no bounds. They want to destroy him and they want to take uh, Trump pa- uh, Tower and put that in uh, other people's hands and rename it the Chuck Schumer Memorial Tower or whatever. They're determined to do that to him. But you think that there are Democrats that might possibly change the balance of power in the Senate and flip from one uh, party to the other. So you're thinking of fellas like Joe Manchin. Uh, Is that right, Diane? That's exactly who I'm talking about. They need to step up and save this country. I'm a senior citizen. I'm a wonderfully healthy 69-year-old woman that just battled AML leukemia and survived it after a stem cell transplant. Let me tell you something. This country is worth fighting for. Life in this country is worth fighting for. Not with bullets and, and guns, but we need to stand up yep. have some balls yep absolutely uh diane no question uh, of that and that's the fighting that people mean that's the fighting that they were talking about when people assembled in washington on january 6th that's what fighting means F- fighting doesn't mean you're suddenly gonna go rampaging down main street and uh, burn down a police station do all the other things that uh, Democrat supporters can get away with, but means what you say, standing firm and pushing back against the avalanche of lies that almost every institution in this country is dumping on us. The point you make about Joe Manchin, though, uh, whether he might become the 51st Republican vote or whatever, that is an interesting one, uh, and I'm going to pick that up in a, a segment or two. That's Diane calling from Peoria, Arizona, in Maricopa County, Uh, where the entire Board of Election Supervisors has just been found in contempt uh, by the Republican uh, State Senate in Arizona. Lots more straight ahead. Mark Stein in for us. Donald J. Trump has resigned 
Today, from the Screen Actors Guild, it's an hilarious uh, letter. I'll, I'll read you some bits out of it in our next hour. But, of course, he has been a member for over 30 years because he's in films like Home Alone 2 and Zoolander and Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. He's been a member for 30 years, but they were going to decide whether they would kick him out, and he has preempted them by resigning. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, America's Anchorman is away, and this is your undocumented Anchorman. Thrilled and honored to be here, as always. From Ice Station EIB in the frosty northern wastes, of this great land, uh, just a few miles south of the Quebec border. But uh, we have Crash taking care of all the technical things from New York. And we have the world's greatest call screener, Mr. Snurdly. Full strength, all-American call screening. Are you man enough for it? Uh, Call 1-800-282-2882 if you would like to be on the show and uh, see if uh, you can handle uh, Mr. Snurdly's call screening, and we might well put you on air. I've got a story here about uh, 
uh, voting machine fraud. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Don't all get the vapors. This isn't one of those voting machine stories you're not allowed uh, to talk about, like uh, poor old uh, Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy who got shut up on Newsmax just as he was getting into it about the voting machines. This is a Democrat complaining about faulty voting machines. So he's not like uh, all you conservatives and Republicans. He's allowed still. In America, we still have sufficient freedom of speech that even though certain people can't mention faulty voting machines, uh, Democrats are still permitted to complain about faulty voting machines. This is a big shot Democrat lawyer, Mark Elias, who's with Perkins Coy. He's a really powerful Democrat lawyer because he's the guy responsible for hiring Fusion GPS for Hillary Clinton's campaign and for the Democrat National Committee. So there wouldn't be a whole Russia investigation or a Russia hoax or Russian interference if this guy had not uh, suggested to Hillary that they hire Fusion GPS, who in turn hired Christopher Steele, the ex-MI6 guy. There's really no such thing as an ex-MI6 guy, but he was ex enough uh, to pass as a respectable source for Fusion GPS. So this is the guy who basically started the whole Russia hoax. He's a powerful lawyer. I wouldn't mess with him, would you? Uh, Because you know where that uh, led when uh, he got Christopher Steele on the Fusion GPS payroll and then... Fusion GPS on the Hillary Clinton payroll. He started it. He's now saying that uh, this is in the New York 22nd uh, Congressional District. <laughs> they they haven't declared a result there yet. It's over three months since election night, because I'm, I'm just the simple foreign guy in respect to things like this, because in Canada... We have this weird system where we hold election day on election day. And this idea that you're you're still counting three months later is unknown to us, as it's unknown to Denmark or Slovenia or Tuvalu or Papua New Guinea. But in New York's 22nd congressional district, which uh, is the Syracuse area, if I recall correctly, uh, (laughs) they can't do what Sudan can manage to do and count an election in under three months. And right now, the Republican, Claudia Tenney, uh, leads the Democrat, the incumbent Democrat, Anthony Brindisi, by a margin of 125 votes. And she declared victory, Claudia Tenney, the Republican, a couple of days ago. But uh, Mark Elias, this powerful election lawyer for the Democrats, is alleging that there is reason to believe that the voting tabulation machines misread hundreds, if not thousands, of valid votes, and that these tabulation machine errors disproportionately affected Brindisi, uh, the Democrat. In addition, Oswego County admitted in a sworn statement uh, that its tabulation machines were not tested and calibrated in the days leading up to the November 3rd general election as required by state law. So in other words, <clears throat> in case you're confused here, uh, this the complete incompetence of a uh, what it purports to be a nominally developed 
jurisdiction, developed nation, developed state, developed jurisdiction, the 22nd Congressional District of New York, which can't tell you who won the election three months after Election Day. But it's okay. It's not okay for the president to complain about voting machines. It's not okay for Mike Lindell to complain about voting machines. It's not okay for talk radio hosts to complain about voting machines, which is why uh, some of them have gone very quiet on the subject. But Democrats are still permitted to complain about voting machines. So the big shot Democrat lawyer, as you know, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't want voting machines that favor Democrats. I don't want voting machines that favor Republicans because it's all bunk. Uh, And we should, as I said, as I've said on this show, I want to form the paper ballots party. It's a single issue party, uh, like the Brexit party that Nigel Farage formed in the United Kingdom, which was a single issue party. So he didn't have foreign policy and he didn't have economic policy and he didn't have education policy. He just was a single issue because there was an, until you'd actually gotten Britain out of the United Kingdom, uh, out of the uh, European Union, there's no point actually talking about any of the other stuff because it's what the lawyers would call a threshold issue. And likewise, the integrity of American elections is a threshold issue because there's no point fighting an election under this uh, under this system that we had on November the 3rd. Now, you can't say that. If you're on the right, you can't say that. There's a big, long list of things you can't talk about anymore. Uh, and you'll lose your Twitter account, and you'll lose your Facebook page, and you'll lose your radio show if you mention some of this stuff. Uh, but uh, Democrats can still talk about it. So Mark Elias, he's a big-shot Democrat lawyer, and why don't we have a bipartisan agreement? He's concerned that the Republicans have uh, stolen the New York 22nd Congressional District from him. And in other parts of the country, people are concerned that the Democrats have stolen it from the Republicans. So why don't we have like a bipartisan commission to get back to paper ballots because everything else is complete junk and complete garbage. Now, this uh, tweeter called Joe Camel didn't think I was being serious. He thought I was intentionally lying when I said there is no domestic terrorism movement in this uh, country, and certainly what is being represented as a domestic terrorist attack, which is just a bunch, uh, just a mob, a mob uprising, by the way. I want to just have a word about this, because a mob uprising actually isn't a domestic terrorism thing either. And he said, oh, yes, there is, and he sends me... This story from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution showing that some group that provided private security to Marjorie Taylor Greene, the world's most famous woman, uh, maybe more famous, may have higher name recognition than Oprah by now. Marjorie Taylor Greene's private security firm, uh, the people who provide her private security, is thinking of forming alliances with other Georgia militia groups. And there's some guys, there's a picture of guys in, like, motor, dressed as motorcycle riders. They may even be on motorcycles. I can't find the picture now. Um, and that, that this is evidence of a domestic terrorism movement. As I said, I've lived in countries that have domestic terrorism movement. I, I, I was severely, in, I wasn't blown up by the IRA. I'm not exaggerating it. But I had many years of being severely inconvenienced by the Irish Republican Army, 
who would blow up a lot of places you were intending to go to, and it would result in roadblocks, and it would and they did not issue press releases saying they're thinking of forming alliances. They were people who went skulking about in darkness. One heard rumours if one went into certain pubs in West Belfast that the guy over in the corner might be an IRA guy. But there were, but a, an effective domestic terrorism movement actually is a very tightly held secret, and they operate in the darkness. Generally, uh, they, if you're a domestic terrorist, you're not tweeting about it, you're not Facebooking about it. You're skulking about in darkness. I mentioned the FLQ, the Front de Libération du Québec, the Quebec Liberation Front, murdered a deputy premier of Quebec, left his body in a trunk. They kidnapped uh, the uh, London's uh, senior trade commissioner out of his rather agreeable house in Montreal and held him hostage uh, for two months before he, it was arranged that he would be freed in exchange for a flight to Cuba for these guys. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, Italy had the Red Brigades. Again, they murdered Aldo Moro, a, a prime minister of Italy, left him in a trunk too. These are serious people. Terrorist movements are serious things. And the devaluation of language here, the false representation of what happened on January the 6th and its manipulation with, with the connivance of the media in trying to turn this... It's, you know, the, the mistake they made with the war on terror, which, is, which devolved very quickly into a joke, so that the, the Department of Homeland Security, which was supposed to be something to do with fighting jihadists, protecting America from jihadists, quickly degenerated into busting strip clubs in Boston because they were selling knockoff Red Sox merchandise and uh, and busting some guy who uh, imported a British sports car and didn't pay full freight in tax on it, supposedly. So it's the usual American uh, legislative federal racket where something is set up for a specific purpose and then just degenerates. Uh, but the big thing, the big thing they learn from that is that it would actually be far more useful. Uh, it, its possibilities are just far more useful if it's turned into a domestic uh, insurgency, a domestic insurrection. That gives the state absolutely unlimited powers, as we saw when they attempted to uh, finger Trump as an agent of Russian. It all got uh, it all got too complicated for people. Oh, what's happened with the Russia investigation? Oh, they found out this guy was working for Trump. Yeah, what's he called? Oh, George Papadopoulos. I've never heard of him. Oh, yeah, but he he uh, he had a drink. Uh, with an uh, Australian high commissioner. What's a high commissioner? I don't really know what's uh, a high commissioner. But yeah, but they were in a bar in London and they, it all got too complicated. The deep state plot was so deep, they overcomplicated it. And this is much simpler. Oh, it's a domestic terrorism. Oh, this domestic terrorism, we're going to have to have special laws. We're going to have to have special restrictions. We're going to have to insulate the political class even more totally from the masses they purport to represent. And in fact, it is no domestic terrorism movement, except that it has been concocted out of whole cloth by the Democrat media complex. Mark Stein for Rush. Uh, we will take your calls in just a moment. Mark Stein in for Rush. Uh, Vincent uh, Gialanella corrects me. I think I said... Uh, 
New York's 22nd district. This is where, uh, unlike uh, places that hold efficient elections, such as southern Sudan, they're still waiting for the results from November the 3rd. Uh, The Republican is 125 votes ahead. He says, I said it was in the Syracuse area, and uh, Vincent corrects me and says it's the Binghamton area, not the Syracuse area, and... uh, which is an hour or so south uh, from Syracuse, so I may be wrong on that. The only, thing, the only road I really know in that part of the world is um, uh, Route 18. I think I mentioned Niagara on the lake early on the show, and Route 18 base, basically goes, if you cross the bridge, Route 18 goes along the beautiful southern shore of Lake Ontario uh, and eventually winds up in uh, Rochester or Syracuse or somewhere like that. But a very pleasant and... Uh, scenic route it is, and I always prefer to take that rather than going on Interstate 90, which always puts my back out. I went, I drove on the Great Western Highway in Iraq from the Jordanian border. It goes to Baghdad about a month after uh, the country had uh, toppled, about after the coalition had toppled Saddam Hussein. And that uh, highway in Iraq had been bombed and cratered. <laughs> by uh, by uh, coalition bombers, and it was still a smoother ride than Interstate 90 in western New York State. I'm just saying. Let's go to Ed in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina. Ed, uh, you're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Great to have you with us. Hey, Mark. Thanks. You always enjoy it when uh, when you're on. Thank uh, you. Calling to... Uh, I know that... Uh, the Democrats are going to go after Republicans. But uh, are they also going to go after other Democrats who they deem not to be sufficiently loyal or too dangerous in a kind of classic Marxist purge? Well, I'm not sure they need to do that, actually, Ed, because, as you know, on on the uh, conservative side, on the right-wing side, there are never-Trumpers who want to destroy people who worked with Trump and ensure that they never get a job anywhere ever again. And there, there are never-Trumpers who are seriously committed to that. On the left, it's slightly different, because in the end, if you look at Joe Biden, they don't really care about Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden started this election season by boasting about how he'd been able to do deals with segregationist senators in the 70s. And he was surprised when Kamala and the rest of the gang didn't think that was an attractive quality in a Democrat candidate. And ever since then, he's just been pulled, 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 pulled remorselessly to the left uh, because that's where the energy is in that party. That's how AOC, AOC actually had to take out the guy. AOC had to actually run against a so-called moderate and take him out and replace him. Uh, But since then, if you look at it, most Democrats are happy to be pulled to the left. So they purport to be in all the stuff that he signed these executive orders on, like transgender sports participation or whatever. He's just he doesn't care. He's happy to be dragged, dragged, dragged. To the left. So the idea that um, there would have to be bloodletting in the Democrat Party is, and this, by the way, this is where it gets to Joe Manchin, because Joe Manchin right now is the most powerful guy in Washington, because if he actually were to, were to balk at some of these proposals, uh, the Democrats 
uh, then can't get Kamala in to give them a 51-50 majority. So they have to keep they have to keep Joe Manchin sweet. So Joe Manchin talks about how he doesn't like this and he doesn't like that and he doesn't like whatever. But it's as with all the Supreme Court nominees, you know, the Democrats hold together because they're about power. There's no they're about power and it's all transactional and it's all con- conditional. So so Joe Biden uh, did deals with the seg- his segregationist colleagues in the 70s. Now the segregationists are gone. No one holds it against him. Uh, Joe's on board with all the lefty identity politics, Ed. So, so I think uh, they're very good at just sticking all these things about, ooh, do you think there'll be divisions between the moderates and the left wing? No, they're all on, they're all on the same team and they stick together, Ed. So we're, on, we're dealing with a monolith. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the and also the thing about the the narcissism here uh, that that uh, that that you have on the right, you know, where Mitt Romney knows that the only way he gets the strange new respect in Washington is when he goes against his party. Uh, same with Susan Collins. Same with Lisa Murkowski. Same with whoever. For Joe Manchin, the calculation. Joe Manchin is just going to get a heap of grief if he were to go against his party. So, oh, Joe Manchin, don't worry. There's not going to be any Supreme Court packing. They're not going to get rid of the filibuster. They're not going to admit the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico as states because Joe Manchin will hold the line. If you're betting on that, you know, I watched that, the last impeachment trial. I kept hearing about how this Democrat was wobbling and that Democrat was wobbling. Uh, And in the end, they didn't. They all held firm. Uh, While we're speaking of that, I have an update. Uh, News, breaking news. The House of Representatives has voted to strip Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. So we now have a situation where the loser party, the loyal opposition, is not allowed actually to, to select its own members for its minority grouping on these committees. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been stripped of her committee assignments by the House of Representatives. That uh, just broke a few seconds ago, and we shall bring you more details of that as uh, as we progress. Thank you very much uh, for that call, Ed. That's the difference. That's the difference. Will you disassociate yourself from Marjorie Taylor Greene? Nobody ever asks that of a Democrat. You can be as kooky as you want on the Democrat side, and they're completely cool with it because they all stick together. They all stick together on that side. Yeah, do not worry. We hope to have Rush back for Open Line Friday. Uh, So this is the last half hour of uh, non-all-American semi-excellence in broadcasting, but you can do something about that. Uh, by going to RushLimbaugh.com and becoming a Rush 24-7 subscriber and access the most spectacular body of work in the history of broadcasting. Nothing like it. A third of a century. You can get it in any uh, medium uh, known to man, whether you like the transcripts, whether you like the ditto cam, whether you like the audio, whether you like the uh, archive with the stuff from the old TV show days. Uh, it's all there at RushLimbaugh.com. This is my favorite story of the day. A lawyer 
is facing an investigation after having sex during a Zoom court hearing. Because all the courtroom hearings, except for the impeachment trial, are all done on Zoom these days. Some poor fella in Singapore became the first guy to be condemned to death on Zoom, which is not something you really want to go down in history for. This case, this per- the Peruvian lawyer, Hector Paredes Robles, was branded a disgrace to his profession by the judge presiding over the virtual hearing after launching into his X-rated performance while his camera was on. Extraordinary footage showed him stripping off and sitting on his chair so a naked brunette could straddle him as astonished court officials and other lawyers looked on during the Zoom call. Judge Torres summoned a police officer as a female aide tried to alert Mr. Paredes Robleff that his sex session was being watched and recorded on a public live feed. But he wasn't in any mood. He was just getting started. They had the naked brunette straddling him, and he had no intention of stopping. This is who Trump should have as his lawyer for the re-impeachment trial. And uh, let's fly in the naked brunette, too. Uh, so that she can straddle him in the well of the Senate. That's about the level of respect that this ridiculous re-impeachment trial uh, deserves. Um, As I said, uh, they have just voted to strip Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. If you haven't been following this story... uh, she had, uh, from a few years ago, she had fairly uh, particular views on all kinds of subjects, like uh, 9-11. I think she was a 9-11 truther or whatever they call them. And she also thinks that the uh, Jews have a big space laser uh, that starts the, the forest fires in Northern California. That, that, that's, that's, the, uh, that's their big thing up there. And so she is being she's uh, got these uh, rather particular views and they don't want her having any committee assignments. <laughs> you know, Mr. Snurley and I were talking before the show about different standards. I, I was on TV a couple of years ago uh, with Tucker Carlson and Tucker asked me about a fellow called Treon White, who is a Democrat who represents uh, the District of Columbia's Ward 8. He's a D.C. councilman. And there was some light snow that day, and uh, he blamed that quote on the Rothschilds controlling the climate to create natural disasters. So he's got the same views as Marjorie Taylor Greene on the big Jew weather machine that's controlling the climate. And I said rather jocularly, uh, to uh, Tucker Carlson that, yeah, that, that, that one is true. Uh, God uh, sold the weather to the Rothschilds in uh, a few uh, few decades back after he had some liquidity problems after the 1929 crash. And we just did a few jokes about it and moved on because we knew the Democrat isn't going to pay a price for that any more than Jen Psaki is going to pay a price for her a so-called homophobic tweet about Lindsey Graham. Because we, we have... But Marjorie Taylor Greene now is off the committees. You know, she can't be on a committee, but it, it's different for the Democrats. It's different... 
Eric Shagwell can stay on the House Intelligence Committee even though he's been penetrated by a Chinese spy. That's actually serious. That is, the the fang-fang thing is actually serious. He's, for years, he was having sex with a woman who reports back to Chairman Xi. Uh, that's serious. Uh, but but he gets to keep it. He, that, he pays no price for that. And, and, and so we have this hypocrisy thing. And you see this a lot on radio, on TV, in the newspapers, the columnists talking about, oh, you know, well, why didn't, in that case, why Ilan Omar, who said about 9-11, oh, some guys did something, uh, why, why is she still on the committee? Because it's different. There's no principles on the left. It's a, it's a straightforward power thing. They don't want to get rid of Ilan Omar. They have no, they have no uh, reason to sacrifice Ilan Omar or Eric Shagwell or any of these guys. But on the right, oh, will you distance yourself from, uh, from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's saying the big Jew space laser has caused all the California forest fires. You know, uh, so what, really? I mean, what's this? You can't have you can't have purity tests on one side only. Now, I'm not fake. Just before all the nincompoops at Media Matters uh, start having a fit about this, I'm skeptical about the big Jew space laser. I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely on board with the theory that God sold it to the Rothschilds after the ninth, the weather to the Rothschilds after the 1929 crash. But we live in a we live in a society where uh, somehow AOC can accuse Ted Cruz of trying to murder her, and that's completely normal, uh, but uh, and not beyond the pale. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is all ridiculous. You know, the the hypocrisy thing doesn't work because the Democrats, to go back to what we were talking about before the break. The Democrats are a block, and what they want is power. And they will put up with anything, however nutty, as long as it advances their power. Um, So Marjorie Taylor Greene can't talk about the big Jew space laser. But, for example, uh, Calypso Louis, the great Louis Farrakhan, uh, he can accuse... Let me see if I can get this right. The Jews are peddling bad marijuana in order to feminize the black male. That's the official position of the, uh, whatever they're called, the fruit of Islam guys, uh, who everyone, all the Democrats, go and pay heed to. You can't diss Minister Farrakhan. The the, uh, Jews are peddling bad marijuana in order to feminize the black male. Male, so that hits all four of the Democrats' core constituencies: uh, Jews, blacks, gays, and potheads. They're all insulted there. I don't even know. In quite, it's so it's such a perfectly constructed conspiracy. I'm not even sure on what grounds you object to it. Oh well, obviously I'm. You know, there's nothing wrong with feminizing uh, the black male. We just don't want the Jews doing it. He can say stuff like that. Uh, and he remains the power broker in the Democrat Party, and everyone still goes and kisses his ring. But on the Republic, you know, I don't know, why can't we just say this? Uh, 
you know, will you disassociate yourself from... Eh, no, actually, I won't. I just uh, don't... It's nothing to do with me. I didn't say it. Uh, people say all kinds of things. I don't care. But no, the rules... When the rules apply to one side, it's like... Uh, until eventually you reach the point, as we have after November the 3rd, where you're a, a domestic terrorist if you complain about voting machines stealing votes. But on the other hand, Mark Elias, who started the Russia hoax, he can complain about uh, fraud voting, fraudulent voting machines in the New York 22nd Congressional District. And when the rules just apply to one side, it's not a game anymore. It's war. And, and it, that actually is like a terrorist war because it's not Geneva Convention's war. You're just doing what works. You're just doing what works. And right now it's working better for the Democrats than it is for the Republicans. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything. You know, when you say that the Jew space laser is causing the California forest fires, you're actually letting Democrat environmental nutter policies off the hook. The Democrats uh, and the environmental extremism are causing those forest fires. Just as it's nothing to do, who cares about Hugo Chavez and the Chinese Communist Party and the voting machines? The object is to pin it on the Democrats. The Democrats. So this stuff isn't helpful. But at the same time, playing this game, because they take out, you, you think, OK, they've taken out Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is how you squish Republican congressman. OK, they've taken out Marjorie Taylor Greene. So I may be uh, I may be safe now and may be able to get to the end of my term uh, without uh, with, without them coming for me. No. They've just chowed down on Marjorie and worked up an appetite for you, you boneless, jelly-spined nothing of a guy. That's why there's no point. There's no point to this. It's for the people of Georgia. If the people of Georgia like the space laser stuff, so be it. If they don't, uh, they'll get rid of her. All the rest is rubbish. Mark Stein uh, in for Rush. We will take your calls in just a moment. Breaking news from the Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Assembly, uh, which has approved a resolution uh, to throw out the governor's emergency order. So that will end the statewide mask mandate in Wisconsin. Uh, you will be able to cast away your mask and feel sunlight on your lower nose directly. You will be able to inhale directly through your nostrils the, uh, the, the, great, the great breath of uh, fast food establishments as you perambulate down the sidewalk, uh, inhaling all the great hamburger and hot dog and taco smells. Wisconsin State Assembly has thrown out the governor's uh, emergency order ending and thus ending the statewide mask mandate. Wisconsin is unmasked. Let's go to Holly in the free state of Florida. Holly is in Tampa. Great to have you with us. What's what's on your mind, Holly? Hey, Mark. Great talking to you. Uh, look, I wanted to um, put in my two cents regarding the uh, 75 million of us that are potential domestic terrorists. And I'd like to know where the concern was when a couple of days before the Capitol rally, there was chatter on Facebook and Twitter about a possible, they could be, you know, potential trouble. Um, 
at the Capitol that day, and my understanding is it was reported, and I'd like to know who it was reported to, why there wasn't something done about it, and what I mean by that is, you know, who made that decision not to give these officers additional resources, such as, you know, maybe some National Guard help or, you know, additional officers or what have you. And, you know, here we had something that I feel could have been, you know, prevented in this gross underreaction, which has now resulted in an overreaction. Right. Where we've got Nancy Pelosi out there now, you know, saying that we have gun-toting white supremacists in the House of Representatives. And AOC is saying that Ted Cruz is trying to kill her. And I'm thinking, hey, we need to just take a breath, step back, and really just kind of look at what happened and what could have been done to prevent this, which I think, you know, it could have been prevented and nobody did anything. Yeah, this is actually a very good point, Holly, because what what happened on January the 6th uh, was not a domestic terrorist attack, but a an appalling humiliation for the 24-7 big budget uh, security state, which is the most lavishly funded on the planet, as always being told, oh, 17, uh, 17 intelligence agencies have said that the uh, Russia investigation is real. You know, no other country has 17 intelligence agencies to make that determination. And they're all monitoring Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of it. And as you said, it would have been very easy just to deploy extra police and all the rest of it so that goofy guys in Viking horns don't just swarm in to the national legislature of the global superpower. So you're absolutely right that it was a, what was going on was actually a humiliation for the 24-7 surveillance apparatus. And, And interestingly, as you say, they turned it into something else. They decided, this is what fascinates me, Holly, is most of the chatter, almost all the chatter was from Facebook and Twitter. And what did they do? It was Parler. Oh, we have to shut down Parler. So Parler's gone. Every All the conservatives are on Parler. Uh, they've all been vaporized in one fell swoop. Now the CEO's been fired. Parler isn't coming back in a recognizable form. And uh, and it's gone because they were responsible for this thing. There's, there's actually no evidence for that. But out there on Facebook and Twitter, there was a lot of evidence. And the, and the state... The 24-7 Big Brother state we've all lived under since 9-11 failed. That's actually a, a massive national security failure. Again, and that's why they had to turn it into a threat. Because otherwise, the idea that a bunch of goofballs can just invade the national legislature would tell you that all the security theater we have lived under is absolutely worthless. So thank you for that, Holly. That is a good point. And we will close it out in just a moment. My thanks to Mr. Snurdly and to Crash in New York City and to the best team in radio, no question. Uh, This has been Mark Stein. Actually, I don't think I read that right. It's this has been Mark Stein. Is that how you said? Uh, Anyway, I will... uh, See you on the TV uh, tomorrow night. I'll be in for Tucker on Fox News. And uh, I will see you all next week uh, in re-impeachment week while I'll be uh, on the telly at 7 p.m. Eastern every night. And be here tomorrow for Open Line Friday on the one and only Rush Limbaugh Show. Don't miss it. (laughs) 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.